Alright, Degenerates, we are here with your predictions show. That's right, you heard correctly. We're skipping the recap. It's a short week. We want to get you your Holiday predictions. Week, baby. Yeah. Fucking A, dude. We want to get you your predictions in for your Thursday games. There's three this week. We got Thanksgiving right around the corner. So we decided there isn't enough time to record two episodes. Me and Eric are on 12-hour shifts at the power plant. Steven is working even more than that. He's not going to join us tonight. So time constraints are what they are. And we only have time for one episode before Thursday. So, And we're obviously not going to record on Thanksgiving. We're going to spend it with our families like normal people. And uh, so, sorry, but just the one episode this week. And uh, we're going to give you a little, a, little bit more, uh, a little bit more than we usually do. You know, we're going to go through our boom bust. We're going to hit you with some DFS advice before we log off. So I don't see any reason to keep the people waiting. We got no mailbag. We got no breaking news. I say we jump right into it. The Boom Bust Players. See, that was a quick intro. No how you doing, no pleasantries. Eric, give me your boom quarterback. Doubling down, baby. Going back to my boy playing my team <laughs> on Turkey Day, Alex motherfucking Smith. Oh, yeah. Everybody shreds Dallas. Can't see why he doesn't. Should be big games for everybody on that team, from McKissick to McLaurin to one of the Sims, whether it's Steve or, or Cam. I don't know which one, <laughs> uh, and I'm not about to try to guess who, to Logan Thomas, which, spoiler alert, he's my boom tight end. <laughs> I think Alex Smith's a good play this week. We're going to touch on him a little bit more later. More spoilers. Man, I'm just a spoiler machine. Man, we didn't even put out a spoiler alert. No, none. I just, I love the spot. How can you not like a quarterback? I don't care who it is. I know he's a dump-off master. He's not going to really push the ball down the field much. He's playing Dallas. And it's like you said last week, like, quarterbacks playing Dallas. It's just, it's a green light. It's a green light matchup. So that's the one thing I was going to say. Are you afraid that his lack of ability to throw downfield is going to hurt him because, I mean, the weakest part of that defense is the secondary. And if he's not going to throw into the second level or chuck it deep, I mean, I don't know if the matchup is really a huge advantage for him. I think he can still exploit it. Okay. He pushes the ball downfield. It's just he, he doesn't push the ball downfield like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's not slinging 50-yard bombs, 40-yard bombs. Like, he'll, he'll, throw, he'll throw the ball 20, 25, like – McLaurin did have a couple of big catches in that game. Like he, he will push. He just he's not he's not going to sling it. Yeah, but weren't they catching runs? Uh, a couple of them were deep, were deeper passes. But okay, there were some catching runs, but yeah, fair enough, man. So um, I'm going to give you Steve's boom. He's going with Jared Goff against San Francisco. He's the number 17 quarterback on the week. To be honest, I don't see it. Divisional game. It's just I just I haven't seen a consistent Goff this year. You know, he had a good game against Tampa Bay, but I don't think it's a great spot. I just, I don't trust him to come out and be consistent two weeks in a row, more or less. That's pretty much the whole reason. <laughs> Goff ain't uh, not really known to throw together two, uh, two back-to-back good games. And he just had, came off a very good game against Tampa Bay. He did much better than I expected. Yeah. On the road. No, I'm sorry. At home against the Niners. They're getting a little healthier. They're coming off a bye week, San Fran. Some guys are still out and some big key names are out, um, but they're getting a little healthier. They're going to get Monster back, it looks like, this week. So I think San Frank could be a little bit more competitive in this game. This is not really saying much about golf, but 
I'm kind of with you. Like, I don't really see it, but I don't hate it. You know yeah. what I mean? Just like, don't trust them. Yeah, it's more of a I don't trust it. Like, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. All right. And my boom quarterback, which is superior to everybody else's. I mean, obviously, this guy's going to hit. It's disgusting. But I'm going with Carson Wentz against Seattle. That Seattle defense is fucking bad, dude. They're so bad. There's no pass rush to speak of. I just I don't see how Carson Wentz doesn't get six minutes in the pocket on every snap and just tear that fucking team apart. He's going to look like MVP Wentz again. This is the second the same view as Goff with this one. I just I can't I, I understand the matchup, but the team's three, six, and one. They're terrible. Awful. Awful. Oh, I don't think they'll I don't think they'll win. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those I'm in the same boat as, as Goff. I ain't really got much input about it. It's a, I, I can't love it. Don't hate it. All right. Well, uh, why don't you give me your boom running back? So I'm going with Mr. Naheem Hines this week, going up against the Titans. Um, I believe he had a pretty damn good game against them in their matchup that was not even two weeks ago. And he's just been pretty consistent as of late, man. I mean, it, it's it, kind of turning into a committee over there in Indy. He's getting goal line carries. He's getting catches. He's getting he's getting work, man. He's been solid. He's been fucking solid. And I really like this matchup. Tennessee's defense is pretty soft. They're not that great against the run. And I, I think he's in for another 20-pointer. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to argue when they, he already fucking balled against them, you know? Yeah. Obviously, the only difference is that this time he's playing at home, which I don't see that hurting him much. So, <laughs> yeah, for my, uh, and I mean, tell me if I'm crazy. My boom running back is Giovanni Bernard against the New York Giants, ranked running back number 22. I just don't, I don't see why he's ranked so low. It's, am I missing something? No, I don't get it. I mean, the Giants can't cover running backs coming out of the backfield. Yeah, and I mean, I know he's had a bad couple of weeks, but that was against Pittsburgh and Washington, which are much better defense than the Giants. Yeah, I, th- I think they're gonna have they're gonna have a hard time covering him coming out of the backfield. I think so. He might he might lump himself in the six seven catches easy. I feel like he's in line for some more checkdowns without Joe Burrow as well. No, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. I think he could definitely be getting a lot of checkdowns because that Ryan Finley kid is not very good. No, <laughs> we got we saw we saw a brief stint of him last year. Played a few games. I'm not sure how many off the top of my head. I know he started at least two games, maybe three. He didn't look good then. He didn't look good in relief of Burrow uh, Sunday. And yeah, it might just be checkdown city. It's gonna hurt the receivers there big time. You know, having no Burrow, uh, it sucked to be a Boyd owner. Yeah, or a Higgins Higgins owner right now because you kind of. Can't be failing too great going forward because, I mean, borrowed, uh, that's a massive drop-off. But, yeah, I'm in on Geo. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I see the path, you know. At running back, <sighs> this fucking guy. At running back, Steve has DeAndre Swift playing Houston, who is clearly only ranked that low because he just got cleared from the concussion protocol earlier this afternoon, and he has not been ranked by... Half of the experts, so he's still outside the top 20. Obviously, he's going to boom. Like, he should never be ranked that low. Like, we all know this is another, it's the same thing as the Chris Godwin bullshit. He reaches down, he takes a cheap fucking player that he knows is only ranked that low because he was hurt, and now he's not. It's, <laughs> he's only ranked that low because experts didn't think he was going to play. They didn't have the time to rank him, and he knew that. It's kind of a cop out pick. Cheap. 
It's almost as cheap as playing Taysom Hill in your tight end spot. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I might get it. I might do it again. Just cause. <laughs> I'm gonna keep doing it till people stop bringing it up. Uh, well, then I'll, I guess you, I'll get, you'll die with him in your tight end spot. <laughs> dying with him. <laughs> All right. So um, for my boom wide receiver, I'm going to take Christian Kirk against New England. And I'm making that pick because I think New England dedicates a lot of resources to stopping DeAndre Hopkins. And they kind of let Christian Kirk get what he gets. And he can get plenty. We've seen it. He's awesome. He's really finding his spot in this offense. And... I think it's going to be a big week for Christian Kirk, currently ranked the number 29 wide receiver on the week. I honestly, nothing, and I, I'm with it. I kind of like the pick. I cannot even shit on it. Why don't you give me yours? Who's your boom wide receiver? Uh, I got Devontae Parker, New York Jets, against the New York Jets, yeah. I got nothing else to say. <laughs> you can pick on the Jets. Oh, absolutely, you can. Yeah, there's no question about that. Um. And uh, Steve's actual boom wide receiver, properly ranked and everything, is uh, Darius Slayton against Cincinnati, currently the, the number 31 wide receiver on the week. Uh, we saw some boom weeks out of him earlier in the year. It's been a while. I don't hate it. Like, obviously, he has the ability, but, you know, he hasn't scored over 15 points since week five against Dallas, you know? So it's like, can you just take advantage of really soft matchups? Okay, fine. Cincinnati's a really soft matchup. So I, I'm open to the possibility. I just wouldn't bank on it. But I don't hate the logic. No, I don't either. It's a good matchup. Uh, they're well-rested, coming off a of bye week, playing against a team that just got a, a gut-wrenching injury the week before, losing their star quarterback. Could be a spot where the Giants really jump out ahead and, and just kind of don't look back. So I, I get the I get the logic with Slayton. Um, I I like it. I do actually like the I like the pick. But another more that I think about it. Yeah. No, I say like I said, I get the logic. I don't hate it at all. So for uh, tight end, my last boom of the night, I'm taking Dalton Schultz. Washington struggles covering tight ends. We've seen that throughout the weeks. Dalton Schultz has proven to be an above average tight end in this league. I don't think he's anything special, but. Like I said, he's above average, and in a good matchup, you should be able to get a boom. So I will take my chances with Dalton Schultz. Yeah, can't hate on it. I think that Washington-Dallas game is going to have some points for sure. Schultz has been all right, too. He's, he's, he's kind of flashy, you know, like most tight ends. He's kind of up and down, but I think he could have a pretty decent game against Washington. Speaking of boom tight ends, I already kind of teased at it earlier. My boom tight end is the guy on the other side, and I'm going with Logan Thomas as my tight end. And I will bear bet you right now, Logan Thomas outscores Dalton Schultz Thursday. That is tempting. That is really tempting, just because I believe in Andy Dalton more than Alex Smith. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take that beer bet. Let's do it. Put Steve on it, too. <laughs> we got a beer bet. I know he's in. If he was here, he'd be in. Because he has Logan Thomas as well, correct? He does indeed have Logan Thomas as well. So that's two Logan Thomas, one Dalton Schultz. Either way, your, your tight end ain't fucking booming unless he's in that matchup. <laughs> Jeez, I, I wonder which tight end I'm going to like for the Thursday DFS slate. Yeah, right. So for uh, that's enough of the booms. 
We're going to move on to the shit. We're going to move on to the bus. We're going to start crapping on some of these guys. All right? Now, we're going to start with Steve's bust quarterback because he once again is going back to Kyler Murray against New England. I don't see it. I just don't fucking see it. I don't know what leads to that logic. Kyler Murray should be just fine. He's coming off probably one of his worst games of the season, and it was still a boom. So I just I don't think New England's slowing him the fuck down. I don't get the logic either, but we say it every week. <laughs> with the with picking a bus quarterback, like you're picking somebody you don't even feel confident in picking. Uh, I just I think Murray's. I wouldn't pick Murray. Like you said, twenty. He had twenty five points last week. The last week they played, right? Yes. Twenty five points last week. That was his lowest score on the season. Oh, it was the lowest. And he was. That was the lowest he has scored. He still was great. I mean, he still was fine. You can't get mad at that. He's the quarterback one on the fucking season. And dude. He's got a little mini buy. He played Thursday, so he's got a little extended rest. That's a big deal, especially late in the season. And New England just got shredded by fucking Watson. You know, Kyler Murray is, is, I mean, you can maybe argue that Watson might be a better passer, possibly. But as far as uh, running, no, it's Murray. Murray is way more lethal on his feet than Watson. Yeah, Um, he, he He might shred New England. Shred New England on the ground never mind what he does through the air like you said they might take hopkins out of this matchup that's just going to leave it open for kurt uh edmonds will be out you know edmonds is going to get his work drake murray himself murray's a dual threat quarterback like i said we we i i don't get the logic either but the every week we do this the more and more i hate picking bus quarterbacks because it's a crapshoot yeah it's silly speaking of silly bus quarterbacks who's yours i I, i'm going with brady same I, i don't even love it i don't even love it Honestly, because that game could be a shootout. And if it's a shootout, Brady's not going to bust. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, they're playing bad. Yeah, they look like shit. That was the worst I've ever seen Tom Brady look. And I have watched a lot of Tom Brady. Okay. I I think he's cooked. Like, it sounds weird to say that out loud, but it just seems like he can't feel pressure. He can't sense it like he used to. He can't cover up the deficiencies on his team. He's terrible throwing the ball deep. And for whatever reason, they just keep doing it. And, you know, the the path to him winning is using his brain, becoming a sidecar, letting them run the ball, using play action, and it seems like he wants no part of that. So, okay, fine, but do so at your own peril. And um, in a game where they may not be in a game script that allows them to run the ball more, I think Tom Brady looks worse. Do you think Brady's getting a little rogue on the field and kind of calling his own plays and and kind of diverting from the offensive game plan? I think he was. I think now he's falling in line, but this is Arians. Huck it, chuck it. You know, this is this is what he wants to this is what he wants to run. You know, I think he's I think he's falling in line a little bit. I think they found a little marriage between what the two of them want and it's just not it's just not working out. He doesn't fit that system. And I think he he chose that system specifically because he wanted to air the ball out. He did not want to be on a running team. Otherwise, he would have stayed in New England. That's why he left New England. Because they were transitioning to a running team. And Tom said, fuck that. I'm the best quarterback ever. I'm going to go out there and show you I can still huck it. Guess what, Tom? You can't. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're, you know 40, what, you're 43 years old, 42 years old, whatever the fuck it is. Like, it happens, bro. This fucking what Brady should do, man. Him, him and Breeze and Rivers and 
Maybe Larry Fitz. Fucking all of them. Hang it up. Hang it up. This is it. 2020. It's over. And then in 2025, we got a kick-ass Hall of Fame class. You know what I mean? Brady, Breeze, Fitz. Yeah. Rivers. It, Rivers, I don't know if he'll make first ballot, but I do think Rivers will end up finding himself in the Hall of Fame at some point. I think he will, and that's why I hate the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Do you really, do, uh, as, as, a, as an aside, do you really think that Philip Rivers deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? I, I don't know. I got to look at his career stats. I don't know him off the top of my head. See, that's what I hate. I hate I the mean, stats. I mean, they weren't. They they haven't really been a very successful team though. It's the furthest he's made at the AFC Championship a couple of years when they had yeah. uh, LT in his in his bad one peak. year. I think they only made it one year. Was it once? I think yeah. They got stomped by the Patriots in 06. No, I don't know. I was gonna say it's it's tough to say. I mean he he's I don't think he's first ballot. He'd definitely be somebody who would have to, I think, go a couple of years. But he he will make it, like you said. Oh, he He'll will. He will. It. He just doesn't deserve it. I just I I've never once in my life sat down, watched a Chargers game, and said, "I'm watching one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game." That's what the Hall of Fame should be. Now it's the Hall of Pretty Good. Well, Philip Rivers was pretty good. Yeah, he was. Why are you put him in the Hall of Fame? It's supposed to be the best of the best. You know, it's just I don't like it. I think it should be more selective. You know, instead anybody that chops together a couple of decent years, you know, but. That's a that's a different story. So, you know, we talked about Brady, all that crap. Uh, give me your bust running back. Uh, my bust running back, I'm going with James Conner. Uh, hasn't been very impressive as of late. Uh, has found himself getting sniped at the goal line by fucking Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland. Not a great matchup, short week. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't really like this spot for Conner. Conner, like I said, he's... I've owned Connor in a few a few times over his short career. I kind of know the kind of player he is. He kind of falls off a cliff around this time. Yeah, this is the worst he's ever looked this year. Yeah, and he he kind of starts to like as the season gets later, he kind of starts to dip. His production starts to dip. His efficiency starts to dip. He he can't sustain uh, peak performance and and top production. For an entire sixteen game, sixteen week season, and he's he hasn't looked good at all. Period. I mean, he's had a couple good games, but he's starting to drop. And I, I just no easy. He was an easy pick for me. Okay, well, um, my bust. I'm going with Miles Sanders, who has not looked good this year. Has not lived up to the hype. Should I mean he's a bust. He's a first round bust in fantasy football this year. I think where Carson Wentz is going to be able to pick apart that secondary, I don't think he's going to get the ball a lot. I really don't. I know that the potential for catching passes is there, but he just hasn't looked good. I, I'm i pretty much just going on. I'm going with him just because he's just looked bad, even in good matchups. I can't hate it. I cannot hate on Miles Sanders. We had a little talk about him earlier because I own him in Yahoo, and I said how past couple weeks I've looked at his name, and I just think about benching him. <laughs> There's going to come a point in time where I'm like, I got to bench this guy, but totally on board with the Miles Sanders pick. And that really sucks for Ricky because we each have his running backs as our, as, as bust. <laughs> I have Connor, you have Sanders. Well, I mean, that, that's awesome for Ricky. That pretty much guarantees they're both going to have 30 point games. That is true. And I got good news for Adisa. Steve picks Derek Henry versus Indianapolis. I don't like the pick at all. I know he had a bad fantasy game against Indy. A couple weeks ago, 
He rushed for over 100 yards. He just didn't happen to get in the end zone. I don't think they keep him out twice. They're playing again. They're in the dome. There's no fucking fans. So, like, home field doesn't fucking matter. I think Derrick Henry is going to rush for over 100 yards yet again, and this time he'll find the end zone and he will boom. I don't like the pick at all. And the thing with that game a couple weeks ago is, like, the second half started, and, and Tennessee was just, like, in a, in a never-ending hole. They just they started that second half in a hole and, and just never looked never got ahead. Like, they were just always chasing points. So yeah. when they chase points, it kind of doesn't, like, phase Derrick Henry out of the game, but it it, it definitely alters how much use he's going to get, obviously, because he doesn't, he's not really known to catch many passes. No, not at all. And if you're down by fucking 14, you're not going to be running the ball first and second down and throwing a third. You're, you're throwing the ball, you'll sneak in runs every now and then. You know, I mean, you might throw it on first, run on second, pass on third. So he didn't get as many touches as he probably would have if that game was at least closer. And I, I think Tennessee's going to keep this game closer as well. So I'm not really in on Henry either. Yeah. To your point, he has 12 receptions on the year. <laughs> not, catches catches one, one ball a game. Not exactly elite status. So <laughs> why don't you hit me with your bust-wide receiver? Receiver, I got Michael Thomas. Wow, ballsy. MT. Going with MT. Uh, I don't know, man. I just got a funny feeling about this fucking game. The more I, I sit on it, the, the Saints going to Denver. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even have anything to back it up. It's more of just a feeling game where I'm like, I just don't like it. I don't like it. Um, so Taysom my only Hill problem target the shit out of him. Yeah, that's what I was about let's, to let's say. Let's not lie. He targeted the snot out of him, which does scare me. Laser he leaned focus. heavy. <laughs> he leaned heavy on him, which everything tells you that he should have another good game. And he's obviously healthy. This is more of a just a, I don't have a good feeling about the Saints going to Denver. Yeah, I, I can I can get on board with that for sure. For my bust wide receiver, I alluded to it earlier. I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins. I just I still think that Belichick can take away your best weapon. I thought that he would take away Will Fuller. He did. You know, we thought he would take away Darren Waller. He did. We thought he would take away Mark Andrews. He did. And I think he's going to dedicate the resources to stop Hopkins. And I don't think that Arizona's going to put up much of a fight and try to force them the ball because the rest of that secondary is going to fucking blow. And it's like, why why bang your head against the wall trying to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins when you can throw the ball 30 yards to Christian Kirk, you know? Yeah, I, I understand. He's just so damn good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, Hopkins is like a, he's like a different breed, though, in a way, like, he's got to be extremely tough to, to, to scheme against taking out of a game. Like, he... He might not have a typical DeAndre Hopkins game, but I could still see him finishing with like 15, 16, maybe even 20 points, uh, which might be enough to keep him out of the top 20 because there have been some wonky weeks where I've, I've had guys with 17, 18 points and they finish as like wide receiver fucking 30. Yeah. It's it's a strong possibility that 20 points might not even be enough. It should fucking be, but we'll have to see. Uh, I get the logic because we've 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 touched on a lot of our bust across this season so far. How New England does a really good job at scheming your best player out of you of your offense. You know, we I know uh, I don't know if it was me and you or me and Steve Ron Waller like week two, week three because we just said New mm-hmm. England takes your best player out of the game. We saw it as Darren Waller, and we said we think when Waller busted, you know, and Kittle, 
Kittle busted barely, but he busted yeah. and, and we'll see what happens. It's definitely the logic. It's the New England schemes, your best player out of the out of the game logic. And yeah. it's clearly Hopkins. It's not even a debate. Stefan Diggs only scored fifteen when they when they played New England. They they can take away number ones. You know, we've seen it over and over. So I that's that's basically the whole thing. And you know, like I said, why bang your head against the wall when you can throw it to everybody else, just like Buffalo did, just like just like everybody else did. You know, fucking Derek Carr's throwing dimes to fucking Hunter Renfro. You know, who's not even like is he even on the team anymore? I don't even know. Like, dude sucks. You have Christian Kirk on the other side, so just throw him the fucking ball. You know, we saw the Patriots try to take away Tyler Lockett. They just threw the ball to DK Metcalf. You know, which now now that we know a little more about Seattle, maybe that was the guy you want to take away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, I just yeah, I, I, I think it'll be a down week. And uh the next one I do not get at all. I don't know why he's making this pick, but Steve is taking Keenan Allen against Buffalo. I don't get it. I don't get it. Buffalo's defense is not good, and Keenan Allen is really, really good. He'd have to come on here and explain. I, I can't I can't even think of an argument in in the favor of this pick. I just I got a feeling this this has to be one of those gut feeling just just the feeling picks like I, I yeah. go through sometimes you pick a guy and it's just like everything tells you you shouldn't but you just have a bad feeling about it because like you said the matchup isn't bad like it's actually pretty favorable I mean I've been picking against Herbert a couple for a few weeks to to, to bust and it just doesn't happen <laughs> and and Keenan Allen's just been shredding it I mean. What a fucking steal of a draft pick he was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really get the logic either, but I can't fault the man for taking a chance. I mean, it, it could happen. We'll have to see. For my bus tight end, and I have the same bus tight end as Steve, so it's probably wrong. Mark Andrews against Pittsburgh. Obviously, I've been defending Pittsburgh for weeks because for whatever reason, you think they're not good. They are good at defending the tight end. We have proven that Andrews can be taken away. We have seen Andrews be really spotty. We've watched Baltimore struggle against Pittsburgh already. Uh, I think all arrows point down for Mark Andrews. People have figured out pretty quickly here that if you take away Mark Andrews and you don't let Lamar Jackson run, it doesn't matter who else is open. They're not going to beat you. So... You know, that's why I'm picking Mark Andrews. I think Pittsburgh says, fuck it. We'll take away Mark Andrews, whatever it takes. Quadruple coverage. Don't care. Seal the edges. Don't let Lamar run. They're going to win the game. I can get the Mark Andrews bust narrative. I'll still take a couple chances on him in DFS just because um, if I'm able to. Kind of expensive. Too expensive. But yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't really have anything negative to say about the bust tight end pick. So I'm in. I'm in on it. It's not my bus tight ends, but oh, I, I can get behind it. I did look at it. I'm going with Noah Fant again. Nothing to back it up. Oh, you dirty snake! Noah Fant's the tight end nine on what? PPR. No, he was eight when I looked. They do move. They do move. Dude, they move that fast. I swear to God, he was tight end eight when I looked. You gotta be fucking kidding me, dude. How do they move? How do they move that quick? Well, I mean, he all it takes, move. all oh, it takes, Evan, fucking Evan Ingram. Give me Evan Ingram. He sucks. <laughs> Leave all that in, too. Evan Ingram. He fucking blows. <laughs> oh my god.
God. So it's it's Evan Engram against Cincy. It's Evan Engram. He sucks. He needs to go on a new fucking team, and if he can't put it together there, he needs to be out of the league. I don't think he'll put it together anywhere, personally. I, I just... I just don't think he's that good. I really don't, and I I never did. I don't think he is either, and I, but I don't think he's a great fit in fucking New York. He had a good rookie season because he was the only guy left standing, and he really hasn't put it together since. Uh, Samson's deep flex play. I got Nelson Aguilar, wide receiver 42, playing at Atlanta. Fire him up. Hold on. I got to do the sounder fuck face. <laughs> So uh, we're going to skip the Cosby's deep sleeper because we're going to be talking about DFS for the rest of the episode. And we're going to go on to our Samson's deep flex play. Samson's deep flex play. So, I mean, uh, quickly, my deep flex play this week is Jalen Rager, wide receiver number 45 against Seattle. That Seattle defense is fucking soft. I already predicted a big game for Wentz. I think Jalen Rager is... 10 points minimum. I wouldn't be shocked if he boomed. And uh, Steve and Samson picked Curtis Samuel against Minnesota. Much the same circumstance, except I don't trust their quarterback whatsoever. Soft defense, so I guess it's always a possibility. He's currently wide receiver number 39. And uh, Samson seems to think he has that 10-point floor. Eric, who are you going with, buddy? So, my Samson's deep flex play this week is going to be Nelson Aguilar of the Oakland Raiders going on the road playing the Atlanta Falcons. He is wide receiver 42. Fire him the fuck up. Love it. Rattle that off a little quick because we got to speed through this episode. <laughs> yeah. He's playing Atlanta. I mean, he just came off. A, he had a massive game last week. 20 point, 20 point game. Uh, I can't see why he can't duplicate that. I don't want to say duplicate that, but I can't see why he can't have another good game this week. He's fucking playing the Falcons. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll be talking about that in just a minute because we're going to do our DFS breakdown. DFS breakdown. All right. So, Eric, Thursday games are coming up. We all have lineups ready to go. Who is in your Thursday night lineup? This is a small slate. So I love this. I like the small slates like this. It's a three-game slate. It's totally different than what you're used to on Sundays. You know, there's only six teams to pick from, so you know you're going to have fucking overlap. I mean, there's only six quarterbacks that you're really going to pick from. There's only going to be several tight ends, several running backs, receivers, whatever. you you got to kind of approach these differently. It depends. If you're playing tourneys, do you want to get really contrarian? What's a really contrarian play? Well, you might have to play those quarterbacks that not a lot of people are playing, and I can tell you right now, Matthew Stafford is somebody that not a lot of people are going to be playing this week because they, they fear the fractured thumb on his throwing hand, mm-hmm. which I am totally behind, I totally get. Like, I don't want to play him either because he did not look good. He can't throw the ball. Yeah, you can't fucking. You're not going to score points. Like, I mean, but you need to also have in the mindset that not a lot of, not a lot of people are going to use him because of that. And if he does boom, which it is a good matchup, you're going to have leverage over the field because not a lot of people are using him. Me personally... I love Alex Smith, obviously. I picked him as my, my boom quarterback. I will have some Alex Smith shares. But I'm also trying to get up to Lamar as well because I know not not many people are going to use him. For good reason. And for good reason. But <laughs> he can he can he can break a slate. I mean he can he can run. Well, I mean it's possible. I mean against that defensive line I wouldn't think so, but But my my favorite yes, but no. I'm really loving Alex Smith this week. Out of all three games, uh, the Washington-Dallas game is 
my favorite of the three. I think that's where the most points are going to be scored. Uh, that's probably the game I'm going the most overweight on. But no, honestly, I play so many goddamn lineups. I'll probably have a little bit of every quarterback in this on this slate. I just might be slightly a little more overweight on Smith. I would say Smith, Jackson, Watson will be my three highest owned. See, that's surprising to me because the, the first quarterback I gravitated to was Matt Stafford. Uh, you know, number one, like you talked about, the percentage owned is down. And I like that. And it is a sweetheart of a matchup. So I know he struggled last week, but he does have Marvin Jones. He does have TJ Hawkinson. And now they're saying he's going to have DeAndre Swift. And I think DeAndre Swift is a huge addition, not just for opening up the running game, but also for the passing game because he likes to throw him the ball, too. For me, no. Stafford was a no-brainer. Yeah, it's just it's it's the injury, and it clearly affected him last week. I mean, they scored zero fucking points. They got shut out by Carolina. Like yeah. Carolina is not an elite defense, and like I I watched I didn't watch the whole game. Can't watch the whole game. We Brian already alluded to it. We're working fucking twelve twelves now. Blows. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Um, <laughs> but I, I I watched the highlights of that game. And, and, like, he didn't look good throwing the ball. I mean, and it is a short week, so how much better is he going to be? I do, like I said, I do get the logic to yeah. not play him just because of how shitty he looked and doesn't look like he's going to have Kenny G. But it's like you said, the low ownership will gravitate me to at least play a couple lineups with Stafford in it. And you can, like, you can take chances in the earlier games. Because you kind of know then, like, if your lineup goes to shit. If your lineup goes to shit, it's probably done. Yeah. And and But if your lineup actually hits, if you make some sneaky plays early, then you can be like, okay, my lineup fucking boomed. This guy boomed. He boomed. He boomed in the first game. Now I can kind of you – can, you can late swap onto the chalkier plays in the later games, you know, the Deontay Johnsons. Yeah. C.D. Lamb. You know, they're going to be chalky later game picks, you know. Whereas if, the other way around, if you're in fighting a hole and I touched you on – touched on this with you earlier so say you're going into the sunday night game and you're down your lineup's not doing too great you're in a tournament this is tournament perspective um you have deontay johnson but you need you, you know 30 percent of the field has deontay johnson he's not going to do you any good pivot to juju and just hope juju hits and hope juju does better than deontay it's possible do i think it happens no but it can happen and you just you have to make late slops like swaps like that to try to gain leverage on the field or vice versa. You're heading into the late night game and your team's doing great. Yeah, like if Stafford slays. Stafford slays. Maybe you had Swift. Maybe you went Zeke and they all slayed. And then it's like, oh, okay. Well, now I, I can play Deontay Johnson because I know he's going to be chalk. And um, I'm with the field. You yeah, know, you're you, not you going to lose anything. Utilize the late swaps. Yeah, exactly. Utilize the late swaps if you can. Um, I always forget about them because I'm an idiot. <laughs> But I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna try to definitely stay on with my late swaps. All right. So in the in the Thursday slate, I mean, who do you like at the running back position? Give me, give me, uh, shoot me three or four names you're looking at. I'm looking at Zeke at the top. I don't mind Zeke this week. Blech. Um, yeah. I mean, I like the kisser. <laughs> I, I I get it, but I mean, you can't argue the volume, man. Twenty at least, like he's. 19, 18, 21. Like, he, he just he gets the volume. There's not many guys on the top of the slate, maybe outside of Gibson. Yeah, 19, 18, 21. How many fantasy points did he score with 19 and 18? 
Less than nine. He did score less than nine, but where else are you going to get that volume on this slate? Well, just I, can't, understand, I understand the volume, but I want somebody more efficient. You know, I mean, Zeke has shown that he's not going to try against bad matchups. Yeah, he went out there and fucking slayed Minnesota, but I don't. It's like, is he really how how much is his heart in it? Is he really going to go out there and try against Washington? Uh, you couldn't sell me. You you couldn't sell me Ezekiel Elliott. No way. Not for that money. All right, fair enough. But my true pick would be DeAndre Swift if he plays. That'll be my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I said, I'm good with Swift and Zeke. Uh, depending on my lineup construction is, I can't really squeeze them both in. And then when I go down bottom, I like McKissick at 51. Uh, I, I it's just it's a great price. Um, in a game where he could catch several balls, I mean, I think Washington's going to have the lead in this game, so that might sway me more towards Gibson. Yes, sir. Because I think he's more of the positive game script running back. But I got to go all the way the fuck down because this dude is pretty much free. And it's Gus Edwards. He's 4,000. He's the men, running back men. Oh, don't fall I for don't, it, Eric. I get what you're saying, but <laughs> it's he's the men. He is the min. Yeah, but if he scores the if he scores the minimum points, I mean, <laughs> yeah, see, but you gotta see like Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is a guy that I would probably pivot to. You know what I mean? Like if I really needed a big boom game out of somebody, I'd probably pivot to Gus Edwards. But like, I'm not building my roster with him in there. No, I'm not either. But I'm just saying, like maybe you're trying to squeeze in Watson. And McLaurin and, and Andrews, and you're trying you're trying to spend by get a lot of these top end guys. You might have to squeeze Gus in there, and you can do a lot worse than that. No, you can't. Okay, so Dobbins and Ingram are out. He legit might have this backfield to himself. If you really want to get super duper contrarian and take a fucking chance, you could even play Justice Hill. He might get some t- some touches. I mean, he's just slid into the RB two slot. Yeah. Considering no Ingram, no Dobbins. I mean, Gus Edwards is going to be super chalk just because he's super cheap. Yeah. So he is probably somebody worth fading in tournaments just based off of that logic. But it's tough to ignore that 4K price, you know. Mm. What do you got? You got you like any running backs? I don't know who you like. Well, you know, so right now in my lineup, I have Gibson and McKissick, which it feels foolish to start two running backs on the same team. But I really like the matchup, and I think McKissick gets a lot of work early. In the passing game, he catches four, five passes, whatever. Maybe he falls into the end zone. And then I think, just like you, I think Washington gets a lead and Gibson starts to get the work. Maybe he falls in the end zone. I just, I just, I like the soft matchup and they're both reasonably cheap, you know, 6,000 and 5,100. Uh, like you said, now that Swift could play, if he is ruled healthy and he is going to play on Thursday. I will probably take out McKissick and put in DeAndre Swift. And I'll I'll leave Antonio Gibson in there because I'm a little more confident that Washington's going to have the lead and Gibson gets most of the work. But it's like I had said, though, too. Gibson, playing Gibson and McKissick, that's kind of a contrarian move. Yeah, it, it, it does stand apart. Yeah, for sure. It I'm stands not- apart. Like, people stacking running backs is extremely uncommon, even in a kind of a small slate like this. Um, you can do it, obviously, yeah. certain teams. So I don't hate it for that reason because you are getting some some separation from the field. And they both get a ton of work. Yeah, they're both usable. They're both startable options. Yeah. I, personally, I, I don't understand why McKissick is so much cheaper than Gibson. I, I thought they'd be right next to each other. 
But if I can save 900 bucks to get McKissick, that's who I would usually lean to. Be But because it's such a soft matchup, I really think Washington gets ahead. So I really want to go with the back. I think it's most of the work. And to me, that's Gibson. Why don't you give me a, a few wide receivers you're looking at hard? I mean, who's your must start? Who are you never leaving a lineup without? I mean, the obvious picks, Terry McLaurin. Damn right. <laughs> he's, the, he's the most expensive, 7000 uh, but I, I actually, I really like Will Fuller this week, too. Will Fuller is in my flex right now, yeah. He got burned by a lot of people last week, so I think a lot of people, are, and it's it's going to be kind of fresh in their mouth because this is an early slate, so I don't think a lot of people are going to see him. Oh, Will Fuller, ah, fuck him, he burned me last week. Yeah. And they see Deontay Johnson right below him, and they'll probably play him, but I, I'm totally fine with playing Fuller. Another guy I f- keep finding myself gravitating towards for some reason is fucking Amari Cooper. Yeah, I don't hate it. Because I I know everybody's going to be playing Lamb for a good reason. I mean, Lamb's been great, you know, at times. Yeah. But you had actually touched on it a few weeks ago that Amari Cooper's actually been pretty consistent. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's still at 14.1 points against the Vikings. Not not great, but that's not horrible. Yeah, it's good enough. And. Everybody's gonna like I said. Most people are gonna use CD Lamb. You know, like like he just had the big game. Uh, nobody's gonna use Gallup. Uh, <laughs> if you really wanted to get brave, that's the contrarian and, play. Uh, that's the true contrarian play. But I don't know if I'm gonna do that. <laughs> that's too ballsy for me. <laughs> I just don't yeah. trust him. And one more sneaky guy that's cheaper that I kind of like is Willie Sneed at 4,300. He gets spotty heavy target games you know it's like when it's his day it's his fucking day and there's no stopping him yeah and week 10 was one of them uh he also he had seven targets last week as well um he just didn't really piece together a great fantasy day so i'm not gonna lie to you you just kind of like opened my eyes a little bit i am going to start willie sneed i am going to put that motherfucker in my lineup because it's gonna be like i said they're they're going to blanket mark andrews you know and there, if if Willie Sneed beats him, so fucking be it. But he he will be open. That much I think. I I'm reasonably sure he will be open. So I want him in my lineup uh, on volume alone. I think you're really onto something there. I like that play a lot. It's a really good idea. He's been getting an extreme, like you said, he's been getting a pretty pretty heavy target volume. I think there's been weeks where he's at 25 percent. Like that that's that's pretty crazy for a yeah. guy that cheap too. And it's like you said. You think you think Andrews is going to get taken out of this game? Then 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 Willie Sneed is the play. And yes, I will play Willie Sneed over Marquise Brown. Oh, absolutely. That's not who who, who the fuck is that up for debate? <laughs> it's it's not. I don't. You can even yeah. You know the ceiling the the ceiling for Marquise Brown is probably higher than Sneed, but I haven't seen it this year, so I don't even know if it really is. Sneed's had better games. Yeah. At times they've been spotty, but. For sure, forty three hundred. I I I think Snead's actually a really good play. And uh, I mean, obviously, you you picked Logan Thomas to boom. I'm assuming he's your tight end, since all tight ends are reasonably priced. Yeah, yeah. I I, I do find myself playing a lot of Logan Thomas. Um, See, I'm going with Schultz. I'm going with mine. You know. Yeah, I mean, they're so close. And I even thought about trying to sprinkle in a little Aikens. I wouldn't mind it. What about Hawk? Hawk, too, is another one. But if you don't believe in Stafford, then I probably wouldn't play Hawk. Yeah, 
But I mean, he still had 10.8 in in a bad Stafford game last week. So he didn't he didn't do awful. And yeah. and no Kenny G. When there's no Kenny G, like Hawkinson, I mean Hawkinson's been great with with or without him, but when there's no Kenny G, Hawkinson has seen an uptick in targets and volume. And he is more of a red zone look because Kenny G Kenny G's a big dude. I don't know how tall he is off the top of my head, but he's he's not he's a big yeah. receiver. Yeah, he's he, a big he, boy. He can go he he can get up and get it in the red zone. So So I actually I want to play Hawkinson, but I just took out so I just took out C D Lamb, I put in Willie Sneed. I like that a lot. I like that play. Getting rid of a chalk wide receiver, putting in somebody with a high ceiling that uh, not a lot of people are going to be starting. Perfect. Awesome fucking idea. You talked me into it. That gave me the money to drop McKissick and put in Swift. So now I just I just don't have the money to upgrade from Schultz to Hawkinson. But I do love that play. I would love to get him in my fucking lineup, man. What defense are you playing? Washington. How sh- and how short are you on salary? About 400. 400. That's the only thing I can think of. Pivoting down to a different defense. I could have pivoted off of Will Fuller, too. That's true, yeah. So, I mean, you're starting Logan, Tom- Logan Thomas. I'm starting Schultz. We both want Hawkinson, but we can't really fit him in. But uh, do you have a defense you keep finding yourself leaning on? Yeah, I, I've been going to Washington mostly when, I, when I'm tinkering with my lineups. Um I haven't set hard set any of my lineups yet, so I can't really give you like my dead. I can tell you this much: I'm gonna probably fucking play like twenty. So I'm a I'm an animal. Um, <laughs> but I, I do find myself going to Washington a lot. Um, believe it or not, I'm really not too interested in either Baltimore or Pittsburgh for some reason. No, I think um, that game's gonna be a little bit higher scoring, and I don't I don't see a lot of turnovers. I just I mean uh, I think the Steelers hold the Ravens to like. 20 something points which doesn't really do much for fantasy scoring if you don't get turnovers you know but i mean in real nfl i mean if you only score like 23 points it's like oh they suck you know <laughs> yeah i did i did at one point so i might find myself uh playing a little bit of houston and then i kind of like blah, you know and i actually found myself playing more cowboys than fucking houston well like i said i, I mean i'm i'm buying in on matt stafford so i'd obviously don't believe in Houston. I mean, if I think they're going to get a ton of takeaways, that that's probably not a good idea to start Matt Stafford, right? <laughs> no, yeah. Um, um, all right, so I think that's uh, pretty much going to wrap up the uh, wishbone tournaments. I, I, I need to ask you, Eric. I mean, you're the DFS expert on the show. It's the only reason you're here. You know, it's not because this podcast, it's not because you started the podcast or because it's your league or anything like that. It's because you're the DFS expert. So I need to ask you, am I foolish? I set my Sunday lineup today, which is kind of foolish in itself. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. did it for the like show. I, even... I did it for the show. Um, so I went stupid Raider heavy. I saved a ton of money on quarterback by taking Derek Carr against Atlanta, which I'm lo- 5700 bucks. Oh, my God, dude. I like that play because yeah. it's so cheap. I was gonna say we we we're, we're far enough into the football season to where we know you just you pick on the Falcons. Uh, they are very fantasy friendly. Oh, absolutely. And you can get a cheap quarterback. That's that's a great play. So one that I'm not loving is Josh Jacobs. I have Josh Jacobs in there right now. He's probably gonna come out because I don't trust him. He's not that good. But I also have Nelson Aguilar and Henry Ruggs 
for $49 and $4,300, respectively. Uh, Henry Ruggs, obviously, being my deep flex play of the week. You know, $4,300, you know, like you like you touched on. Atlanta, you just got to pick on him. And Henry Ruggs, is, he's one play away. And uh, he's had a rough fucking season. He did not break out. But we have seen him just fucking go yard on soft opponents. And it does not get any softer than Atlanta. Am I crazy for going this Vegas Raiders heavy? I think you're a little crazy to have Jacobs in there on that lineup personally. He's literally coming out as we speak. <laughs> okay, good. Because I was going to say, I'm not a huge fan of stacking Derek Carr with Jacobs because Jacobs doesn't, he's not very active. He's okay in the receiving game, but he doesn't have an Alvin Kamara type ceiling when Drew Brees is healthy. When Taysom Hill is healthy, oh, Kamara does not catch balls, apparently, when Taysom Hill's the quarterback. Uh, that's a different story. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I'm totally fine with doing a Car Rugs, Aguilar stack, especially because that really has a great chance of hitting. I toyed around a little bit. I was trying to get Waller in instead of one of those pass, one of those receivers. But it's just so tough, dude. Yeah. The tight ends when that when you an exp- I don't know what it, an expensive tight end is just so tough to squeeze in the fucking lineup because you have to punt somewhere like a running back or. And they're not worth it. No, it's not worth I, I hate my lineup. I look at it, and I'm like, oh, this is gross. Yeah. Like, I'd rather pay up for a better running back, you know? Definitely. But, yeah, I would definitely pivot off of Jacobs. I mean, the guy right below him I like just as much. Probably better, Nick Chubb. So, uh, actually, I saved so much money by playing Derek Carr, Nelson Aguilar, and Henry Ruggs that when I you got— went up to my man. When I got down to my flex, Chubb—I could still afford Chubb. I was like, oh, my God, like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So I grabbed him. Now, I actually just cut him because I cut Josh Jacobs. I grabbed Dalvin Cook. Yes, sir. For 9500 And in my flex, I added Darius Slayton against Cincinnati for 4900 So I lose Chubb. I gain Dalvin Cook. And I essentially swapped out Josh Jacobs for Darius Slayton. Love me some Cook. How do you not play Dalvin Cook, bro? Yeah. How? I mean, I can afford it, you know? Because I'm saving so much more money in the other spots. You want to talk about volume. This is just in rushing attempts. 30, 22, 30, 27. <laughs> this is past four games. Receptions, 2, 2, 4, 5. I usually don't play the tippy top dogs like that, right? Because usually, like, to get Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara in your lineup, it's like by the time you get to your flex, like, you're literally looking for somebody that costs the bare minimum. You know, you're looking for a $3,000 wide receiver. And I don't like that because they, they blow. There's a reason they cost three grand, you know? But I managed to spread my money out really evenly this week. And I have the room for Delvin Cook. This will be the first time I've used him. So I'm I'm all about it, man. I'm I'm pumped with that lineup. Yeah, I would definitely love to squeeze in some Delvin Cook in my lineup. Uh, his price has climbed his price has climbed tremendously over the past few weeks. He was definitely he's been expensive, but not this expensive. Yeah. It's tough to squeeze in guys that expensive, but but last year, when I was doing the DFS, it was McCaffrey's best season, and it was one of one of my rule of, rules of thumb last season was I whatever it took, I did whatever it took to squeeze him into my lineup, and it <laughs> usually always worked. Yeah, because he was just that good. Even right now, as we speak, Christian McCaffrey is ninety two hundred dollars. Yeah, and not gonna would, play if he was healthy. You if know, he was healthy, I'd be playing him. Yeah, probably, I'd probably be playing him. 
That's just, you know, Dalvin Cook is slowly kind of creeping up into that echelon as well. Um, he's, I think Dalvin Cook's uh, better on the ground. You know, he doesn't have the receiving ceiling that McCaffrey has. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, Dalvin Cook has proven that he is definitely one of the top two or three running backs in this league. And, he, and here's my other thing for Sunday, right? Normally, I would pay down. Alvin Kamara is 8200 bucks. So normally I would pay down and I'd say, fuck it, I'll take Kamara and I'll save that money. I'll put it towards my flex. I'll upgrade there. And I'm saving almost $1,000, more than $1,000. But Alvin Kamara had zero receptions last week. Taysom Hill is still the quarterback. I don't trust it. I don't like it. Would you Would you consider paying down to upgrade your flex right there? To upgrade off of Slayton? Uh, how much is Slayton? He's 4900 49 So if I do that, that frees up $6,100 for Robbie Anderson, Ronald Jones, Mike Evans, Darren Waller. I don't want to go. Do I really want to add another <laughs> another fucking tight end? <laughs> now I want to add another Raider. <laughs> no, but you could squeeze in Waller. That's what I'm saying. Find a way to make it work. That's what I'm saying. Well, now, so- now I can cut Cook, add Waller, and pick Darius Slayton back up if I wanted. Which yeah, I don't want. That's to. a lot of. That's a lot of Raiders, though, too. Yeah, well, because I don't want Kamara anyway. I'm just saying. Yeah, but no. So th- this week, this week specifically, like I would rather pay up for Cook then paid down for Kamara just to get up to even a guy that I like, like Devontae Parker at 59 or Christian Kirk's at 58. I'd rather, I'd rather roll with cook because cook, I mean, we've seen it. He has 40, 50 point upside. Yeah. Kamara does as well. I'm not saying he doesn't, but there's a big difference between Taysom Hill and Drew Brees. Um, It's not even just that he's not targeting him in the passing game. It's just that Taysom Hill will take the fucking ball himself. He's like Josh Allen. Yeah. He will play goal line back. Drew Brees ain't playing goal line back. Like he will hand the ball off to Kamara. <laughs> so Kamara's touchdown upside has taken a big hit with Taysom Hill behind center. I mean ten fantasy points last week. It's a contrarian move because I don't think a lot of people are gonna use Kamara. So like if you wanted to get a little risky and, and a lot of people do that, like they kind of view the top end running backs and they'll say, Okay, you got Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. Uh, Kamara, who the fuck else? Zeke, McCaffrey when he's healthy. Yeah. They'll say, I'm just going to play the guy who's going to be the least owned. I don't know off the top of my head who's going to be the least owned. Cook will be owned, definitely be owned more than Kamara. I even think Derrick Henry will be owned more than Kamara. Definitely. Off the top of my head. So he might be the least owned guy out of those top end guys. Um, a lot of people are going to play Jacobs. A lot of people are going to play Chubb. So it is a contrarian play if you wanted to do it. It's just not one I'm going to plunge in. And I don't think you will either. No. No, I, I mean, like I said, I just I was kind of shocked how much money it freed up to take those wide receivers. Why they're ranked so low, I'll, I'll never understand. I just don't get it. You know, the wide receivers are so dirt cheap, I couldn't fucking ignore it. Nelson Aguilar and Henry Ruggs for mm-hmm. a combined basically $9,000. Like, pff, they could both have fucking... 25 point games and Derek Carr being one of the cheapest quarterbacks. I was like, holy fuck. Like, what is going on here, man? You know? <laughs> I mean, and like, let's not, let's not bullshit. We, we both know that Carr, Ruggs, Aguilar is going to be 
pretty heavily owned. Like, will it? it? It's yeah, yeah, Atlanta. I know, but do you think you think a lot of people own all three? I don't know about all three, but I do definitely. A lot of people when they when they play quarterbacks, a lot of people yeah, they'll make a stack. stack for sure. But do you really think it'll be all three? No, but I think a lot of people are going to try to get like one or the other. Um, Derek Carr, say Henry Ruggs and Waller. I think you know. Yeah, I think a lot of teams are going to want to try to squeeze Waller in there somehow. Some teams will use both Aguilar and, and Ruggs, you know. But I do think a lot of people are going to want to try to get Waller in there as well, for good reason. Yeah. But I just I hate my like I said, I fucking hate my teams when I have a top end tight end in it. Whenever you pay up. <laughs> whenever i pay up all right so i think that's going to do it for this episode of the daydreaming degenerates fantasy football podcast eric was there anything you wanted to add nope the only thing i just wanted to say is uh, i hope you guys all have a fantastic thanksgiving happy thanksgiving to all my listeners and league mates playoff bound motherfucker locked up nine and two let's go Taysom hill Free square, baby. <laughs> Tight end. Pick up of the season. Oh. No, hopefully, uh, you know, you guys battling for playoff spots, man. Hope you guys get wins. I appreciate um, it. Keep grinding, man. Only a couple weeks left, you know. Can't afford many more losses, I'm sure. And good luck. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Don't overeat. Enjoy football. Hopefully you win some money on DK if you play. And uh, we will be back next week, fellas absolutely we can't keep away so uh sorry about only just one episode this week and uh you know we decided to try something different give you some dfs um we did not have a mailbag which was very disappointing you guys know the email address you know the phone number but just in case you lost it phone number is 508-343-8010 that is our voicemail it does not ring it will go straight to voicemail we appreciate your questions or comments and our email is dddfantasyfootball at gmail.com. I read this anytime. I, take, I check that more than once a day. And real quick, because I already know we're going to get bombarded with it. You know it too from Nate and Shane. <laughs> there will be a state of the league coming at some point. Next week. Just be patient. All right. Probably next week. It's a holiday week. Me and Brian actually got a little fucking break. I think we kind of would like to enjoy it. I know I would, and I'm sure you would as well. Mm -hmm. But we will get a state of the league next week. Plus, next week's week 13. That's when it's really going to be a little more concrete, like what has to happen. You know, there's still a lot of variables that have to happen for some teams. So we will get a state of the league next week. That's a fucking promise. Yeah, we're uh, we're hoping to, uh, or at least I'm hoping to record that Monday and put it out Tuesday. So, we want to thank you guys for listening, as always, and please do not forget to set your lineups. Bye.